profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. When it comes to allocating time and resources to either attracting new clients or retaining existing ones, it's important to remember that acquisition and retention go hand in hand, both contributing to the long-term growth of your business. No matter what part of the hair and beauty industry your salon falls into, or where you're based in the world, loyal clients are the people that bring in referrals, typically spend the most with you, help create an atmosphere in your salon or spa, and build genuine connections with you and your team. Retention strategies such as adding new services to your offering, improving your customer experience, service, and communication, soliciting and acting upon feedback, catering to the needs of your clients even after they left your business, loyalty programs, they're all typically less costly than trying to attract new clients. If you're ever tight on the amount of financial resources you can allocate to marketing activities, doubling down on retention and upsell opportunities can provide amazing results. But no matter how good your client retention strategies and numbers are, people are always going to leave, voluntarily or not. And that's why it's important to ensure you attract a steady stream, however small, of new clients coming in. It's a flywheel. You want to get to a place where you can focus on both acquisition and retention at the same time. Now, to state the obvious from a growth perspective, welcoming new guests to your salon or spa every month implies increased revenue. And you want to be able to benefit from those quick wins while growing your unwavering loyal fan base. But it's also key to staying relevant. New clients can give you perspective you perhaps otherwise wouldn't be able to get. New clients will have recently been browsing around for a salon to go to, so they're in touch with what the market has to offer. And if you become more aware of those needs and attend to them within reason and alignment with your brand, well, you've got a winning recipe to staying relevant and top of mind. But at the very foundation of any of this, you must understand who your customer is. And today's conversation is a story coming straight from the salon floor with salon owner Aaron Raber. It'll highlight why understanding who your customer is, is indeed central to growth. I went to school and I was only taught how to do hair. I remember having a $200 week. I was like, yes, I did $200 this week. And it's like, I had no idea. I understood what brand meant as far as like how I wanted a guest to feel in the salon but I did not understand the guests that I wanted in the salon. I was trying to represent pinup curls for 26 people. And um, taking that course, I realized, okay, I got to clear the air and just focus on who does Aaron want to fill the salon up with. And when I could really take that out and really dial in on what I wanted truly for my business, it opened up so many things. I would say it was never a money issue for us, um, only because we were strong at the retention side. Erin Raber is the owner of Pinup Curls Salon, a six-time Salon Today Top 200 honoree from Fort Wayne, Indiana. A warm, friendly, and upbeat environment, Pinup Curls was started on a foundation of friendship back in 2011. Erin is a self-described hair industry cheerleader and roots everything she does in connection and communication. 
Pinup Curls supports local businesses by hosting pop-up shops, inviting businesses into their home for special events, and highlighting local businesses in their photo shoots. An educator herself, Erin believes in tiered leadership, tracking numbers, dreaming big, and smart goals, but also continuous learning, not only from a technical point of view, but also customer service and business education in general. So without further ado, Erin, both welcome and thank you for joining me on Forest FM. I'm excited to finally have this chat with you. Well, I'm super excited to be here. And yes, it's been a long time in the making and it's finally happening. But I'm just looking forward to our conversation today. I love your podcast and I'm so happy to be a part of it today. Well, I'm so ha- I'm so happy you accepted the invitation, even though I switched the topic on you. Which brings me actually to how I want to preface this conversation. I feel very grateful for your willingness to share your learnings and insights from growing Pinup Curls to what it stands as today. Not only with me, but with the Forest FM community too. You know what? I you are so welcome, and I just want to say I've everything that I've done in my business is because somebody has shared it with me. Um, I've always learned most from my peers. And um, marketing is scary. Mm-hmm. It's I'm definitely not a professional at marketing, but what I have learned from the years, it is super important. And it's something that we're not taught in school to even really think about. I mean, hopefully it's starting to happen a little bit, but I know for myself, I was never taught. I was taught how to do hair and that was it. Mm. So um, it's... <laughs> important. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you're, you're paying it forward, essentially. It's great. We need people to do that. Otherwise, you know, how do we grow as an industry? Um, now, from my understanding of our prep chats, your salon never struggled with retaining clients. But when it came to the attracting new customers part, that was a different story, which I'm sure many owners hearing this will relate to. Can you tell me a bit more about Pinup Curls and what exactly you were struggling with when it came to attracting new clients? Sure. So um, Pinup Curls, we've always been great at retention, only because the business classes that we did attend talked really about the customer experience. And the customer experience, if you get that right, they're going to want to stay with you. We struggled with attracting new guests, number one, because we were a training salon I hire straight out of beauty school. So when we opened up 11 years ago, we had essentially three established stylists. We were, our salon was mostly new people. And so we just assumed, you know, it's because they're new. That's why it's taken time to grow. It will happen if you keep putting in the work on the guest experience side of things right. and not really realizing we need to be attracting them and and definitely not social media. That wasn't even a forefront from us for us back then. Um, we did a lot of things like uh, definitely word of mouth, asking for referrals, legit going to um, stores and passing out our cards. Uh, we hosted little kids' birthday parties at the salon, hoping that the parents would fall in love with us. Like we did things like that. Um, but we were never dialed into who we were as pinup curls. Right. And um, so we never had a target market that we were actually speaking to. So that was our struggle. But the retention side, like once we they were in our chair, we could retain them because we had been trained on those types of systems. And we had um, ways to ensure we were doing that by tracking KPIs and things. 
Yeah. So when when it came to like that struggle in particular, right, like attracting new customers, was it causing other issues trickling down into other areas of your business? Or was it just something that you noticed and you wanted to really um, make a focus effort on, on making it better, essentially? I would say it was never a money issue for us, um, only because we were strong at the retention side. So mm-hmm. when we guests came in, like our retention, we're as a salon, about 80%, like we retain our guests. However, it was growing so slow. It was Mm. like we were growing, but we were having slow growth because no matter if you're great at retention, people move away, people pass away, like things happen. People, you know, they're not always going to always come back, even if you're great at your craft. So I didn't even realize we were struggling with it, honestly, because I'm like, we are a new... We were a new salon at the beginning and we had so many new talents. So I didn't really even realize we were struggling until a couple of my girls came up to me and was asking me questions of things that they could do in their business because they've been listening to Brit Siva. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so <laughs> um, like they wanted to build websites and all these things. And I'm like, wait, you want to build a website? Like, why? Like, what, what are you wanting to do all these things for. So I took her class only to help understand my team and what they were trying to achieve. And by taking that, I was like, oh my gosh, like what have we, <laughs> we have been missing something major. And then once I realized what we were missing that I didn't know we were missing, we really started growing from that. I mean, like growing, having a waiting list, like and how fast would you say that happened? Like that transition, mm-hmm. you know, from the moment you took the course to uh, seeing your demand increase to the point where you're all of a sudden putting people on a wait list. I mean, fairly quickly. I would say the whole process was a good year. And look, I'm still learning. We're still trying to better the systems out. Like <laughs> it's like anything that you learn. You go to a class and you hear what you want to hear and you fix that. You take the class again and you're ready for the next level. Yeah. But instant results. Instantly started seeing growth. Really started understanding it probably a year and a half into it. Like, oh, my gosh, like this is amazing. Mm. I have to share it with other people. And, yes, you can take the course, but I just want to be a testimonial to other people. Like there were like four things we were missing that we weren't doing in the business. And like I said, I went to school and I was only taught how to do hair. I didn't realize anything. I didn't like, I remember having a $200 week. I was like, yes, I did $200 this week. And it's yeah. like, I had no idea. So, um, yeah. yeah. For those who haven't really heard about marketing funnels before, or, you know, you're just not a hundred percent sure what a marketing funnel does or, uh, you know, it's the purpose it serves. Essentially, it's it's a way for companies to understand customers' needs in each stage of the funnel. So a marketing funnel is composed of four layers. You've got awareness, interest, desire, and opportunity. And if you better understand all of the different touch points that um, you know potential customers and then eventually customers um, have with your business, then you can better optimize your marketing efforts. So, Aaron, I want to start by looking at the opportunity level. It, obviously, you know this, 
the opportunity level represents your brand and your target market. How would you have described your brand and target market in the midst of your challenges around attracting new customers? What was it that you discovered wasn't working? And what does your brand and target market look like today? I would describe our brand. Well, I will just say I understood what brand meant as far as like how I wanted a guest to feel in the salon. Yeah. But I did not understand the guests that I wanted in the salon. Right. And the struggle I had as a business owner is I'm trying to market for 26 individuals. Who's the target market? Like it was so confusing. So, so when the, you say 26 um, individuals, you're, you're referring to the, the staff you were employing. Our, yeah, our team. Right. It's like everybody wants something different. Uh, you know, you have some people who want to specialize in extensions. Some people that just want to do color. I have nail artists. I have estheticians. I have, right. we have a boutique. Like, who am I speaking to? I don't know. I, I don't. And it was so confused because I was trying to represent pinup curls for 26 people and mm. um, taking that course, I realized, okay, I got to clear the air and just focus on, <laughs> I, as I mean, like, if you know me, pinup curls, I always, it's our team, it's our, it's our business. Um, and that was really hard for me to be like, okay, at the end of the day, pinup curls is Aaron first. And so right. who does Aaron want to fill the salon up with? And when I could really take that out and really dial in on what I wanted truly for my business, who's my target market, give her a name, give her identity. What does she, mm -hmm. where is she shopping? What does she, how can I help serve her? Once I was able to do that, it opened up so many things because not only did it help me, it helped my team understand that if they didn't want Courtney, that's our girl's name. Courtney's our target market. All her best friends call her Kiki. Um, <laughs> but if they didn't want Kiki in their chair, then who was their target market? And then I could help them with their own social media and it all kind of went together. So right. it was just allowing myself to kind of be selfish at one point and just like, no, but what is my, because at the end of the day, everybody can quit. Yeah. And the pearls is I'm the one stuck with the business. So that's what really helped me dial in. So from my understanding then, just to, re to, to reiterate what you're saying and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've essentially dialed down your brand and target market to what you wanted it to be. And then if any of your service providers wanted to target anyone else in a more like specific, specialized way tailored to their specific specialized services, then they could do that on their social media and on their kind of platforms, essentially. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Awesome. So next in the building process of the marketing funnel, then we have desire, right? And desire is everything that has to do with your website. And that's also something you alluded to earlier when um, two of your staff members came up to you and were like, 
should we create a website? Like, what should we do? Um, so it's it's the level where people want to do business with you and go to l- either look for specific information about your business or your team, or even better yet, um, are ready to book an appointment straight up. So everything there is meant to convince a potential client that this is the perfect spa or salon for them. Looking back, do you feel like you were doing okay on that level of the funnel, or like what was what was happening at, at that stage? Oh my gosh, friend. I was terrible. I had no idea. Like, first off, I didn't control the website. I was definitely a cookie cutter that I paid somebody to build it. They slapped up some pictures of us, put some generic writing on it, and that was it. So it was like, it wouldn't, I don't even think we updated it for like the first five years of business. Oh, wow. Like, so it was just, you know, and the scary thing is, that's a lot of people out there. Yeah, They haven't updated their website. They have people on there that's probably quit their salon that doesn't even work there. There's old pictures. Um, they might have pictures up from an old salon that they're, like if they've moved their salons, have they updated their pictures? Ours was terrible. Um, I learned, I ended up building our own website through Wix.com. I highly recommend it. And I live in it every day. Every day I look at it, see what I can update, um, improve. I look at other people's websites. Maybe I'm missing something. I'll add it to it. Um, It is something that I check all the time. And it has made the biggest difference. I mean, that I will say for me, that was my game changer is really being in control of my website and making it work for us. Mm. So how how would you say that works specifically, like making it work for you and your salon? Like what journey does your website now take prospective clients on? I want the website to reflect what it feels like to be at Pen & Curls. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. So what does the salon look like? Just think, I think it's like, take a journey of like, when you look up a restaurant, you want to see what it looks like. I want to see pictures of the food. I want to know the menu. I want to like know the prices of everything so that I can imagine myself there. And I'm really excited to be there. That's what I want people to feel like when they look at our salon. Who works there? What can they expect? What do we do best? Let me see some pictures of your work and the things that you have to offer. Um, what am I going to expect when I come to your salon? Because sometimes it's like, for me, hotels, this is something I look up. Parking. If I have to travel to Chicago, I'm scared to death of traveling in the city. So I'm like, where do I park? So on the hotel, I'm looking, do they have parking? Because if they don't, I need to call and find out where I'm going to park. So Any questions that your customer could potentially have, have it on there. And I almost envision your website as a mini salon tour. That's a good way of describing it. Exactly. And the more things that you can have them looking at, the more time that they're going to spend on your website, the better chance you're going to have them invest and finally schedule an appointment with you. So, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I, I even like add... Like right now it's Thanksgiving. So there's a turkey on our website. That's cheesy, <laughs> but we're cheesy. So pe- people that come to Pinup Girls knows like, you know, they're cheesy. We dress up for every holiday. Like that's who we are. So the website reflects that as well. 
Amazing. I love that. We're going to dive into the third level, right? The interest level of the funnel, which is all about social media activity and engagement. You mentioned, you know, social media wasn't at the forefront um, back in the days for you guys at Pinup Curls. So can you tell me more about how you manage that now and um, how do you manage your staff specializing and catering for like their specific clientele as well? as you're doing all of that? So we were on social media, but no rhyme or reason, just posting. A lot of our things was just the backs of heads of hair um, because there was a phase where it was like, just show hair, show hair, show hair. And yeah, that was definitely basically attracting other hairstylists and not necessarily clients. Um, so we were on what we changed is this is what I do. I have a schedule that I know that my goal is to inspire, entertain, educate, connect. Nice. That's the four things we're trying to show. And then as our salon, we do five things best. So hair, nails, spa, boutique, extensions. So if I can get those five things into those four core areas. Mm -hmm. I just make it consistent. I post two times a day. That's not what everybody has to do. It's just the key is being consistent. Are you going to post two times every day? Are you going to post three times a week? It doesn't matter. It's just being consistent with it. And so for me, I use all the material for my team. Yeah. By hitting those four areas and knowing what we do best, that hits what our target market is. But I can play into my team. Like, so if my stylist that does fashion colors, it might play into a part of inspiring. So I might put that picture into that post for that day. Um, extensions would follow follow into something. So I take, I use my team's material. Like we have a, we use GroupMe. Mm-hmm. It's an app that you use, and we just have a section that says pictures, and they update, they just put pictures in constantly. Sometimes they go ahead and make TikToks, and they'll put their TikToks in there for me. Um, and I tell them anything and everything, I'll collect it all, and then I just pick and choose, or I might take something and edit it to make it look a little cleaner. Yeah. Um, but I use everybody's material, and I would say that as advice to salon owners, they're so picky. Don't be picky. <laughs> like your team wants to help you. Take what they're giving you. And if you don't like what they're giving you, maybe be more specific with them. Right. Because we'll just say, hey, I need pictures. Send me pictures. I need to update. Well, they don't know. Like, what are you looking for? Like some, I legit have to be like, I need a picture of the shampoo room chair. I need a picture of, um, a copper haired long, whatever. Like you have to be so specific. You can't just assume your team knows what you're looking for. And if you're not going to use their stuff, they're going to stop giving you material. And another fun tip that I just learned, like, this is the fun part about social media. It changes constantly. It sure does. <laughs> but on Instagram specifically, this has helped me as a salon owner. My team now can make their own posts on their own page. And there's a button that says collaborate. 
Yes. And when they hit collaborate and it uh, and they request pinup curls, I can look at it and I can post it and it will go straight to my actual page and live on our um, your feed. The main yeah the feed yes, and that's been great because not only does it have it it lives on two different places. It lives on their page and lives on our page. So mm-hmm. the viewers are seeing it. Yeah, it's actually, it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like it's kind of like an underdog of a feature. Like I don't see a whole lot of people using it or at least like not talking about it. That's for sure. Um, but it is like a really cool, efficient way of, yeah. of cross-promoting, you know, the salon and the stylist, for instance. And it gives you your stylist true voice. Sorry, to it gives your stylist their voice. Like I can write a caption. That's great. But if the caption's really from them, you know, you can get a sense of who is working in your salon or as a guest, the people that are working at that particular salon. Yeah. So I love it. We just started doing it like probably a month ago and I love it because I'm like, saves me on content writing. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) So, so last part of the funnel of the marketing funnel anyways, because then we'll get into all things retention. Um, is the largest bucket, it's the the level that's called awareness. You know this, obviously, I'm saying this for anyone listening who isn't familiar with the, the marketing funnel, but this relates to referral programs, SEO marketing, paid advertising, networking, anything and anything and everything that can actually get your salon name out there. So has... Have your strategies around any of this changed, especially, and and obviously I'm sure they've changed since you took, say, uh, the course with Brit, but when you look at like the last two years with the pandemic, how consumers' behaviors have changed, like the the looming recession, all of that, like has your strategy around the awareness level of your funnel changed at all? Uh, We dialed in to Yelp and Google to... Two platforms that are overlooked and you may be on it and don't even know that you're on it. Um, when I took the course and I started looking at our page, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. And honestly, world, word of mouth was a great way um, to get referrals. Honestly, when I very first started Pinup Curls, that's what we taught everybody. It was like, it doesn't matter the other things as long as word of mouth is the best way to get a referral. However, people shop differently now. Not only do they want their best friend's opinion, they're going to go to Google or Yelp and see what other 500 people think about you. Yeah. Um, back in the day, we had Demand Force, which we had control of pushing out all our five-star reviews. But guests go to Google and Yelp because I can't control my five-star reviews. And so what I can control is making sure I'm responding to my reviews, which we were not. And I respond to legit every single review now, good or bad, and always in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, I update pictures every single week on there because you want... Again, it's all about your target market. If you don't update the pictures, it's going to be pictures that maybe your guests post on there. Yeah. But it might be not your proudest work. So the more you can upload pictures, it's going to push those other ones down. I use my social media. So anything that I post on Facebook or Instagram, 
I will copy and paste my two favorite posts or maybe the ones that did the best for the week onto my Yelp and my Google. So I'm using Google and Yelp almost like social media for myself or for pinup curls. Win it every week, every day, honestly. (laughs) Just constantly looking at it, making sure what can I tweak. So I would say that was our biggest change. Um, and that is probably Google's probably where we get the most customers. Interesting. I mean, we get a lot of customers through Google and Yelp love hate with, you're not the only one, but (laughs) I mean, people, yeah, yeah, I mean, the facts is a fact you can hate it, but it's still happening. So, uh, better be on it versus fighting it, I guess. Yeah. And do you do any like page advertising or like SEO marketing or anything like that at all? Or I do here and there. I don't do too much. Like I pay to use the features. I pay to use all the features on Yelp. I pay to use features on Google and that's where I invest. Um, I do have a couple paid advertisements, but nothing crazy. I just dial down into controlling the, um, the feed of it. Right. Which is also really important when it comes to review platforms. So in the intro of the episode, I mentioned how acquisition and retention go hand in hand, both contributing to the long-term growth of businesses. And we've been talking about acquisition a whole lot. I want to move into retention. From your personal experience of running a salon in the industry, and I'm sure networking with, you know, plenty of other owners alongside teaching with Euphora at some point, where do you see most salons or spas falling short or missing the mark when it comes to their client retention marketing strategies? I feel like it's being inconsistent on their guest experience. Um, And not, maybe not even really having a system for the guest experience. And meaning from the moment the guest walks in the door, how it, how are we going to do everything? How do we do our consultations? How are we going to shampoo? How are we, are we going to teach the guests how to do their hair? Um, if we're selling retail, how do we do that? How do we close the sale? Like, what do we say? How do we answer our phone? I don't think people spend enough time on that aspect of things and the inconsistency And let me just say, we're always great with the new guest. And from the new guest to maybe their third visit, I guarantee little things have been changed every single visit. Small changes that um, to us probably aren't a big deal, but to the guests, they feel like this is weird. This This doesn't feel right. And instead of them it being big enough where they would complain about it, they just go somewhere else. Mm. So so is there like some sort of structure to building a successful guest experience then or, you know, just retention strategy in general? Yes. So I would say, and just in pinup curls experience, what I would attribute to a great retention, it starts with your team first. Connection. Getting your team to understand your mission, your vision, your values making sure your team truly trusts you so that because it's just like a sale. Once you made a sale, if you're selling retail, you know, your guests are trust. They trust you. Right. And so Mm -hmm. getting your team's trust so that they sell the customer's experience that you want to serve. Right. So having 
the connection right. with your team, number one. Number two, training your team. Customer service experience that you expect to happen every guest, every single time. I don't care how old they are. It happens every single time. Um, and then tracking numbers, KPIs, right. like track your numbers. You can't grow your numbers if you don't know your numbers. So I would track how many guests came to you as a stylist because of your efforts of social media mm -hmm. and how many guests come to you because of the salon. Two things, referred guests and preferred guests. So like if you don't like the guests sitting in your chair, you need to work on your social media so that you can get preferred guests, gotcha. people that are requesting you. Because if not, you're going to have a bunch of kikis in your chair that you don't want to do their hair. <laughs> um, so we start. that was a shift, was tracking those two things. Yeah. Um, yes, retail, uh, rebooking. We track rebooking. Um, we track care factor. So not only do we track your percentage to your service sales, so like your retail sales to your service sales, but how many guests are actually purchasing? That's your care factor. Right. Because you can be amazing and sell everything to one guest, but you had eight that day. So you might have a great um, retail to sale percentage, but your care factor might be super low. So. Yeah. Are you treating every single guest the same way every single time? That consistency again. Right. Because you might be super comfortable with a, a certain amount of guests in your chair, but the other ones you're not. So you don't give them the service that you give the other people. Right. Yeah. And then if you had to identify, say, like a fourth thing in a successful retention strategy, what would that be? I would just say um, just like following through, like really reflecting constantly, always be reflecting mm. uh, you know, things happen and that's okay. But how can I be better? Always, how can I be better? So, you know, you track your numbers for a point, like you look at them and yeah, some days they're not great. I mean, but how can I get better? Because it's telling us a story. So always going back and reflecting um, with your, as a team and individually, um, we're huge on, connection and holding each other accountable. So we're always in one-on-ones and team huddles and all the things. Yeah. And I mean, talking about meetings, we could have a whole episode just on that, you know, the importance of it. But I want to talk about something that I feel perhaps worries owners quite a bit, um, potentially even more so in the last few years, possibly because, you know, it's happened to them or they've seen it happen to uh, people in their local communities. And unfortunately, what I'm referring to is walkouts. Is there anything that you can do in the salon to ensure, or at least as much as possible, that clients stick with the salon rather than the stylist? So that, you know, when you have a stylist walkout, you're not also experiencing a clientele walkout. I will always go back to the customer experience. Have a solid system for your customer experience and don't ever take it for granted. Always be checking your numbers on it. How can we strengthen them? Um, you know, in Euphora land, we call it our eight steps. And every time, I mean, we literally talk about the eight steps every single day at our salon. 
Like what's missing? Like, are we off on this step? Like what is going on? Um, Mm. But for the guests, it creates consistency for them. So a stylist may leave and then at their new place, they do their own different steps. Well, the guests might follow them and be like, oh, this is weird. I don't like it. And they come back. And that has happened to us several times. We're always humble. Let them know where the stylist goes because usually they come back because they want consistency in their life. And I will tell you, here's just the smallest example of that. I know when I, when I was a stylist, because I'm not behind the chair anymore, but um, I was a huge I was huge about time, saving time for the guests. I always wanted to be on time for the guests. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter. So if I was running behind, I would have my partner take the guests, shampoo them, maybe blow dry their hair, all this stuff. And then once they were all blow dried out, I would come and do a consultation. Or they would come in and get the sh- like consultation with me. I'd shampoo their hair and do this stuff. But to me, I'm like, it doesn't matter because I'm on time. Right. But what I was doing was like messing with their experience. They never knew what was going on. And I probably had a lot of people leave for that. You know, I might have cut hair one way, tell them it was amazing. And the next time cut it a different way, tell them it was amazing. And they're like, what are you talking about? You just said (laughs) this way was great. It's things that we don't. If we're not on purpose with what we're doing behind the chair every single day, every single guest, every single time, you will lose them. And so I think for us, because we, I mean, we literally, we talk about the eight steps every day and we still, there's a thousand things we could be better at. Um, But we do have people, they'll come back. They always come back because they know there is a consistent consistency with us. Just before we move on, when you talk about the eight steps with your team, um, on what like at what frequency do you talk about it? Is it like an everyday basis kind of thing? Do you you know chat about it in the morning at the start of the week or you know at the end of the week and you recap? What does that look like at Pinup Curls? All, all of the above. Like it will just kind of play into the day if we're we kind of start off in the morning as a huddle. Um, we do celebrations and things like that. And then, you know, we might be like, hey, you know, our our numbers were really low yesterday. Maybe it was rebooking was low. Like, okay, so let's reflect on what step in our customer service that would affect. And like, let's just talk about that. What are we doing right now? Because it's so, it's crazy that we talk about it all the time. Um, here, here's a perfect example. Our shampoo experience, I think we are amazing at it. Like, we have that down. I, it would, so we had this team huddle one day and people were like, we're like, how can we make the shampooing better? And somebody was like, oh, we should have a, a, a sign that says shush so people aren't talking during the shampoo. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We don't talk during the shampoo. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Some people talk during the shampoo. If we don't talk about stuff constantly and we just assume, like we tell somebody one thing one time, that that is um, that's a recipe for disaster. Like you have got yeah. to be constantly talking about it. So 
because we talk about stuff all the time. It was like, okay, we can dial that in. It's like, okay, we do not talk in the shampoo room. And P.S. We did get a big graphic sign that that lights up that says shh, that keeps it quiet. Um, you know, so. What I'm getting from all of what you're saying, you know, from the talk about marketing, attracting new clients to retention and guest experience, like all of that, the, 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 the few words, if I had to recap essentially what you're saying um, in a few words, what I would choose would be um, checking in frequently, intentionality and consistency. Am I missing anything? I think I think those are the key components. And I would say... You said checking in, communication, communication with your team. Uh, Don't neglect that. That I feel like that's my biggest thing is like, Mm -hmm. as an owner, my team is the most important and I need to connect with them. I need to understand them um, so that they can trust me. Yeah. And then they can serve our guests the way I serve my team. Well, hey, you make it sound like a really nice place to be in and to work at. So fair play. Aaron, this has been fantastic. I've enjoyed every single minute of this conversation with you. Thank you so much for sharing so candidly all of, you know, your learnings and insights from, you know, growing pinup curls. I have one last question for you today. Um, If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you online? Oh, thank you so much. I I really appreciate you and having me on here today. And it's been fun. I love this. And please know I am here to help. This is what feeds me joy is giving back. So you can find me on Instagram. I am the culture curl. That's it. Perfect. I'll have that linked in the show notes. And once again, thank you so much for your time today. I I look forward to seeing how things go for you next year in 2023. I wish you all the best and uh, take care. I hope we can do this again soon. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you. You take care. By sharing Aaron's experience of building Pinup Curls as a marketing funnel, our hope was that other salon or spa owners facing similar challenges could take comfort in knowing that no matter what way your business is set up, you can absolutely build a marketing strategy that will bring in new clients of the right profile through your doors. And for those perhaps struggling with more of the retention side of things, we hope that you'll be able to find Aaron's tips and insights, helpful additions to your 2023 strategic plans. Now, no matter what you do, remember this. The things that encourage people to visit a new salon for the first time are not the same things that make people stay loyal to a salon. But if you deeply understand who your customer is, you'll be in a much better position to tailor your salon's client experience to their needs, you'll find it easier to craft and target your marketing messages, you'll have a better idea of what retail products to stock, you won't have to fall back to discounting tactics, and you'll see an increase in loyalty, your brand becoming stronger, gaining in reputation. A good place to start? Make a list of your top 20 highest spending clients and repeat clients. Take a look at what they have in common. Look at age, demographics, gender, choice of service or retail products, location, type of job, pattern visits. And if you want to get even more rigorous with it, send your favorite clients a survey to find out things like, what's their number one problem that keeps them up at night? How much money do they have to solve that problem? And are they willing to spend it in your salon or spa? How did they hear about you? What makes them choose you over another salon? And how do they define value? 
Then collate all the answers in lists and bring this ideal salon client to life. Maybe you'll have two or three strong profiles coming out of those answers. Give them a name. Who's Jordan? How old are they? What's their job title, their goals and challenges? What's their story? What about Erica or Marcus? All this information will help you define your marketing strategy, what you stock and everything else in between, but also the type of value you need to bring to their experiences to see them come back time and time again. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.